what do you make of what's going on right now? This I, I have two theories for you, and you tell me if if either of these are plausible or if there's a third one. Molitor hasn't signed yet, and it's been almost a week. And it would seem that the decision should be fairly cut and dry. Like, do you want him back? What's the money? And, and it shouldn't take a week to figure that out. So either they lowballed him because they really want, like, Mickey Calloway, the pitching coach for the Indians, to be the manager. And there was a report from John Heyman that the Twins are interested. I can tell you that Derek Falvey loves Mickey Calloway. So that maybe they're, maybe it's weird because they're lowballing Paul Molitor, and that's why it's taking so long. Or the more plausible scenario is that he's coming back. They're just trying to figure out who the new pitching coach is or other coaching changes. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm i surprised that it's taken this long, right? Because if you went into this season and said, well, we'll see how he does if he's going to come back. Uh, if you were waiting for the evidence, the season was your evidence. The evidence is that the Twins outperformed their expectations with Molitor as the manager. Cut and dried. Pretty simple. Um, last year, though, overhauling the hitting side of things, bringing in James Rousen, Rudy Hernandez became kind of like a behind-the-scenes kind of guy, took him out of the dugout. And, and you remember in spring training while they were holding these summits, they had a hitting summit and a pitching summit, where they got together everybody in the organization and said, okay, here's how I think about pitching. What do you think about it? Uh, how can we make it better? What? How, how should we even communicate about this? I mean, basic-level stuff that they had over multiple days in Fort Myers. And uh, they didn't really make any – there were no pitching changes, right? Right. And then this season, I think you'd say they pitched more respectably, but I was looking at the numbers. It's not, like, appreciably better this year. No, the I mean, most, mostly Byron Buxton was playing center field yeah. the whole year, and they had a, they had one of the best outfield defenses yeah. in the league. And their bullpen did get better um, somewhat surprisingly, despite, you know, losing the closer partway through the season. But, like, the starting staff, too, you still had some of these non-competitive starts. And and Irvin Santana was good, and Barrios was good, don't get me wrong. And after that, man, it was really tough to find any stretch of consistency for the Twins pitching. Um, so that's what sort of led, I think, to all of this speculation that, ah, boy, do you make changes on the coaching staff despite uh, a good season? I think, Phil, to your point, I think it's far more likely to be the case than... They don't want Mueller back, and so they give him some sort of like disrespectful offer. And it's just taking a while. Yeah. If you give somebody a disrespectful offer in hopes of chasing them off, it's not a one-off move. It's not just okay. Yep, he's going to choose to either take this or leave it. It that sends a message. It goes beyond this one personnel decision. It goes to then to anybody else who would consider working for you. Like, oh, that's how they treat a guy who does an exceedingly good job in. A walk year, they treat him like that. Okay, well, do I really want to work in that place? I think that the the current front office and from everything I've been able to gather, I think they have a pretty good sense of that, that your actions have ramifications beyond just this one current decision. But don't you guys think, too, that, that th- these guys have gone to Paul and said, uh, Paul, we want you back, but we have ideas for your coaching staff. You know, I mean, Terry's whole thing was... I stay out of things, right? I'm not in the clubhouse. I don't go talk to the players unless I absolutely have to. I I let Guardy run this team. Well, that's changed now. I mean, yeah. these guys are in the clubhouse all the time. And I think the one thing is it shouldn't be surprising that these guys would want Paul back, but they aren't just going to say, okay, Paul, you're back. Here are the keys again. They're going to say, we've got ideas on your pitching coach or your bullpen coach or both. So 
I think the difference here and what could take some time is it's not the old school days in baseball where I, I hire you to run the team, you hire your coaching staff who yeah. are your drinking buddies. It's now a, I've got ideas too, and so it's a much it's a much different dynamic than what a lot of, of old school baseball sure. people are used to. Let me ask you though, Judd and and Phil too, chime in. Would you be offended by that? I mean, if you did what I'd consider to be a you know a fairly good job, no, you no. could you could nitpick some in game management and all that stuff, but like yeah. body of work. Paul Muller did a good job in 2017. Inarguable. Now what I look at is, would you be offended by the fact, if this is what's going on, that there's some haggling over what the coaching staff would be, uh, are, are you personally offended by that? Does that rub you the wrong way? If it does, I'm gone, because Paul got a lot of help. I mean, we... We know for a fact. We don't know how much, but you know, Pickler and the guys that they that they brought on board would go down and meet with Paul. I mean, the lineup construction for this year was not just oh, Paul. You know, hey, I should hit this guy there. It was a lot of people who were very smart about things. So I think I think if you're going to say okay, I'm drawing the line right here, you're probably gone because that's not how these guys operate, and these guys have found success through the way they do operate. Well, I think the conversation. Let, let's just go down this this path of Paul Molitor's coming back. We all pretty much agree he's coming back. It's just a matter of who are the coaches. The reason why it's taking so long is because they're probably they probably informed Neil Allen. Hey man, sorry. Hey, ho- hope you land on your feet somewhere. But uh, this organization just needs some dramatic overhauling of the pitching philosophies and and teaching and coaching. They're probably interviewing and getting to know candidates behind the scenes. Like they probably want to announce the coaching staff all at once whenever they send out the release, and that and they've been doing some back channeling, I'm sure, or have short lists mm-hmm. over the over the last several months. And so it's an easy conversation with Molitor. I, you're friends with with these guys, whoever you're going to let go. But we need to overhaul the pitching, not just throughout the system, but also at the major league level here. It's not good enough. It's it's too old school and too much pitch to contact. And so we want to bring you back only if you're cool with another pitching coach coming in here. This so, is my th- I'm not reporting this. This is my theory. Yeah, so I'm I'm not gonna refute whether that is or isn't happening. What I'm if what I'm gonna say is that if that's happening, I'd have a real problem with that. If you're the twins and you're trying to in short order, turn around and find the best candidate for something like that. I think it'd be a mistake to try to just get it done quickly. Well, they probably have people that they've been familiar with throughout oh, the sure. years. That's fine. On a short list, and they just want to make sure those guys are available. And and I don't know, maybe they don't announce a pitching coach today or tomorrow when they announce Molitor. But what if there's a guy, you know, what if somebody's still active in the postseason or whatever that might have interest in this job, and now you've cut yourself off at the knees? This is obviously all speculation, but, like, I think that, it's a pretty clean break if if it's something as simple as what we're talking about here. I don't. Is, th- I don't think there's anyone in the post. I don't think you're going to be told yes for a lateral move, anyways. So if there's if there's a coach in the postseason, like Mickey Callaway is a good example. Yeah. Would the Twins love to have Mickey Callaway as their pitching coach? Yes. Would the oh, Indians you rather would be the, with the Indians no no right no now? not even that would the Indians ever give permission for the Twins to interview their pitching coach for a for a lateral move? No. Sure. So the candidates they'd be looking at are guys who are available. They're not on a coaching staff right now in the major leagues. I, my, this is we're just going to disagree. My personal opinion is it's worth being told no by the best candidates before you move on to who you think might be good next. I think if it's as simple, don't as you what, think they've probably been told no on Mickey Callaway a million times going back to when Falvey left the Indians? 
Like the like well, the, 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 those conversations. What are was not, the rule? I don't think you've asked con- a million no, times no, in twelve no, no, months. No, no, his contract specifically he stated. Couldn't take I believe his that, guys yeah, that for a year. Yeah, so there th- there was a one year. It's like the whole Theo Epstein deal when he left Boston. They said, okay, but you can't take all your guys with you for a question. year. <laughs> Here's Chicago. my question: Is there somebody from that franchise that they're pursuing who is who is in their system, and that they need See, to get through that? that. See. That's the one thing is guys like I think that's a fr- that was a front office uh, edict. I'm pretty sure. Oh, not not for coaches as well. I don't think if there's like a, a water boy with the you know. I Ari- thought it went down the, to the Arizona spring training team. Like you, I thought like, it went down to coaching staffs. But my, and, I don't. You might be right. But my point is, guy the the guys that are running franchises now, lots of times ident- yeah. identify names we don't know. Right. This isn't the old. Hey, that guy was a Hall of Fame player. Yeah. He's going to be a good coach. How many of us had Derek Falvey on well, the short list? Right. No, the, like same the deal. Key, the key one is, is the guy that got the raised job. I believe was Cleveland's bullpen coach. Sure. And I mean, ten years ago, that never happened. A bullpen coach is a right. drinking pal. And, or something and, so, like that. and Neil Allen was the was the uh, Durham Bulls pitching coach, right? He yeah. wasn't the organizational guy. He was the Durham Bulls pitching mm-hmm. coach, right? He was the guy seen as instrumental in taking pretty good minor league system full of pitching in Tampa Bay and turning them into quality major leaguers. That at least that was the story. Um, I don't know if you can assess on its merits how well Neil Allen has even done just because of the group of talent that they've had. But if it's as simple as what you guys are talking about, that, hey, Molly, welcome back. We just got to figure some things out behind the scenes. I think it'd be a mistake to try to do it all at once because you might be limiting yourself from some of the very best candidates. Derek Wetmore hanging out with us. Touch them all podcast and 1500ESPN.com. You can follow his Twins coverage. And also... Facebook.com slash 1500ESPN. Let's uh, let's come back, and, and you can give us five great signs to take away from last season. We'll end on a positive note here Optimism for the Twins. Optimism reigns. Yep, Mackie and Judd. Hey, guys, before we continue on with the rest of this Touch em All podcast, it's Phil Mackey here for all of you Twin Cities area listeners to tell you about Luther Brookdale Toyota. 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard is the location. My family and I have been going to this car dealership and service department for three-plus decades, and there's a reason for that. It's the best in the business, the smartest and friendliest people in the business. They'll treat you like family. So find out why my family and I have been going to the same dealership and service department for multiple decades right on the corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard, LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. Here's what you may have missed on a recent Purple Podcast. What's Ben going to do? He's been in the league for a thousand years. I know what he's going to do. He's going to go to the line of scrimmage, have no intention of running a play, and he's going to try and draw maybe a young, dumb defensive lineman to jump. Brian Robinson, who's about my age, (laughs) bid on it. I mean, honest to God, that to me, Collar, set the tempo for what we saw today. This was a winnable football game. Mm -hmm. This Pittsburgh team did not look fantastic. They did not look great. I mean, they are certainly an improvement on the Saints, but I could put together a house league team with my dog right now and be more competitive than the Saints. And the Pittsburgh Steelers gave you every chance to stay in this game and keep it close, and you made stupid mistakes. I just came away from this game saying that if you don't put this on coaching, you never will. And it's not all Zimmer's fault, and it's not all the coaching staff's fault, but there were definite red flags here from a team that ended last year with sort of potential mutiny, and then we had a lot of, you know, come-to-Jesus discussions about how can we get things on the right page. This team today, to me, did not seem to be on the right page when it came to being smart. In fact, they weren't even close. You can find the Purple Podcast on iTunes, Podcast One, or 1500ESPN.com's podcast page. 
Give us let's let's end this this week's twins conversation on a, a bright, optimistic note. You have five great takeaways, great signs from this season. Yep. To uh, latch on to going into next right. year. Right. I mean, disappointing end of the season, but some super encouraging signs if you're a Twins fan. And I think the list starts with Byron Buxton looks like a star. We were wondering, as I mean, we some of us predicted in spring training that he was going to have a great year, and then he didn't have a great first couple months. And we yeah. were like, oh boy. I think even if you're the Twins, you have to admit to some level of panic that, like, man, maybe he's just never going to make contact and he's kind of just a guy. But light bulb goes on, starts making more contact, hits for power, still one of the best defensive center fielders in the game. Really hard to throw out on the bases, and he's just started to look like an all-around star at a pretty young age. So that's a really encouraging sign. Mm-hmm. You didn't win a playoff series, but now you got two guys you feel pretty good about building around, and that's Byron Buxton and Miguel Sano. Um, another encouraging yeah. sign... Oh yeah, we can debate this. Yeah. This is I think this no, is gonna no, be this a, is encur- no 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 Sano talk. This is yeah. an encouraging segment. I don't mean right this be, second. Be quiet, yeah. Mackie. Stop. Is, Just because he weighs three fifteen doesn't mean anyone should be upset. I think that this gonna is gonna that? be easily the most <laughs> can I have that cheeseburger? I'll gladly pay it back on Tuesday. Easily the most Stop. fun episode of the Touch 'em All podcast upcoming when we Gloves oh. off locker box over Miguel Sano. Um, <laughs> That'll be, well, I mean, if you're going to hardcore disagree, it's going to be like Mayweather sparring with a teenager. So, interesting. Bring it on. Let's which, do this. Which one's Mayweather? Well, I meant that I would be. Oh, Mayweather. okay. Yeah, 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 okay, okay, okay that's great. Okay, keep going. <laughs> so, I got a five thoughts column coming on this later uh, this afternoon, and, and Buxton's probably the lead. Uh, the others, I think. J.O. Barreos pitching like a borderline ace is a really encouraging sign if you're the Twins. I had some questions last year, obviously good minor league track record, and then did not work out in the majors. Who's this guy going to be? Is he going to be a number two starter, a number three, a number five? Is he going to get the fastball command down to the point where you can trust him? I think the answer is yes, so that's a really encouraging thing. Um, Sticking with pitching, Trevor Hildenberger looks like a setup guy. He came... Not out of nowhere, because he'd put up some good minor league numbers, but it's not that he was a household name. He wasn't ranked in prospect lists. But the combination of his sidearm fastball and that devastating changeup, and the fact that he gets not only swings and misses, but also tons of ground balls, he really looks like a valuable bullpen piece going forward. And I don't think that this year was a fluke in that regard. Um, Other encouraging things, I think Eddie Rosario stepping forward and looking like an impact player after I had sort of written him off, I kind of thought he'd be, you know, not necessarily fourth outfielder, but kind of just extra guy, toiling on your roster, strikes out too much, swings at pitches over his head. Tradable commodity. Totally. Yep. Absolutely would have been fine, you know, looking the other direction if they sent Rosario packing. Now I don't think you trade him. Now I think he's an impact bat in the middle of your lineup. A very encouraging year for Eddie Rosario. And then my last one is probably going to be the most controversial, and I'm going to get a lot of heat for this on the column. I think Derek Falvey might be a genius. I think that the way that he ran things this year and some of the hires that he made and his patience, even though, in my personal opinion, he screwed up the trade deadline and made a mistake, I do think that the overall thought process that we've seen from him in his roughly 11, 12 months on the job uh, I think that the Polads made a very good hire with Falvey and that, like I said, he might be a genius. He, he also is showing the Twins how far behind they had truly fallen. Because, subtly, yeah, yeah, subtly. But, but I mean, he is, a, he is I 
genius might be strong, but he's a very smart guy. Oh, I said it, genius. It's just interesting now. It's, out there. To, it's just, <laughs> yeah, yeah right. ge- genius means he quits baseball and finds a, a cure for cancer or something. But he is wow, showing really high standards. <laughs> like, that's the wait. That's the only thing that. Well, I'm just saying he he impacts the world in a way that's not just with a is baseball team. Is this like team, last week when you when you said that the only way? What was it? The Lynx conversation. Saw, what's the oh? That, stop. Just stop. To be don't, tough-minded, don't. you have to no, win titles. I said you win titles. Just stop. Um, <laughs> huh. The fact is, though, very high bar for genius. The, but fa- okay. the fact is, though, he has shown, and and the uh, tandem there with the twins have shown yeah. you how far behind they were, and they've done a very impressive job in catching up or starting to catch up pretty quickly. Yeah, and the fact that they didn't overreact when they first got in, I think, too, is something. You know, I like some of the hires they made. Jeff Pickler, James Rousen look like big wins for the twins. Um, um, Sean Johnson is the scouting coordinator, scouting director. Uh, just l- you can look up and down a list of, I think, intelligent moves in the first 12 months. But what kind of gets overlooked is that they didn't just come in and say, OK, you worked here before. You're gone. You're fired. But Clearly, that, it wasn't working. But that's not smart people. Smart people don't do that. That's smart, smart, smart people. You know who else doesn't do that? Year. Geniuses. Geniuses don't do that, Judd. Or tough minded people. <laughs> tough minded people and geniuses think alike. You t- both can go bleep yourself. <laughs> you both can go bleep uh, that's yourself. That's going to be a liner for the show for months going forward. I love it. Uh, you can find Wetmore's coverage of the Twins on 1500ESPN.com and our Touch Em All podcast, multiple pieces of content you can subscribe to weekly. Uh, this week, whenever the Twins make a decision or don't on Paul Molitor, we'll have something for you. But uh, you can subscribe to that on iTunes or find it anywhere you would generally find podcasts. All right. Thank you, Derek. Good stuff. Well, I think. I, think <laughs> I just want to hear you guys yeah. fight about Sano. That, that's what I want to hear. Oh, it's going Well, down. Derek's going to attempt to say that, that you and I are wrong about everything we've speculated, that Miguel Sano might not be the franchise player that we all thought and hoped. Oh, It's okay. going down. Franchise so, uh, we'll left do tackle, that. Derek, We might do that episode you. later this week. We'll see.